things uh, Reggie Watts again digging that for the intro makes me think of the word glossolalia anybody heard of that rhetorical question of course uh, glossolalia is um, language without words I first heard of it from one of Terence McKenna's lectures he was talking about it uh, he speculated that a long time ago we would sit around and we you and me but our ancestors would sit around the campfire and like just throw out noises with their mouth about like a rock or something and that's kind of how language started uh, I don't think they're entirely sure how it occurred but glossolalia is defined as and I pulled this off the internet a phenomenon sometimes referred to as ecstatic utterances it is the uttering of an unintelligible language like sounds while in a state of ecstasy. So a good example of this is um, in the church, they um, speaking tongues, right? That's what they say, where the pastor essentially starts dancing and the good Lord gets a hold of him and he starts talking crazy. So uh, Reggie Watts does that in the intro and in the video itself, um, I posted the video this time on manlysister.com slash podcast uh, for for this week's episode um, so I guess I'll say hi I got some uh, some new hits all over the world uh, a, a city called Caera C-A-E-R-A in Brazil um, it's like northeastern Brazil I don't think uh, I know anybody there uh, not sure how that happened, but hello if you're listening. Um, porra! <laughs> as they'd say in Brazil, in Jiu-Jitsu. Go for it! I guess, I think that's what it means. And Berlin, Germany popped up on my geography. Um, I haven't been to Berlin, I've been to Ramstein, Germany. Uh, mostly just sit in the airport and drink a beer. Germany is kind of one of the hubs we go to both heading towards the Middle East and uh, coming back so I've been to Germany I don't know eight times maybe six six times more than that maybe ten I don't even know man I've been there a lot and we sit in the airport and we kind of you know get ready for the mission ahead or we get ready for the preparation of the return home um, a large jump in Oregon numbers I got some family in Oregon, so if you're listening to this, hello, hi everyone, how's everyone doing? 
hello La Familia. I uh, hope all is well. I know um, we got some traveling family up in Oregon, so they're doing good. I see you on social media, boo-boo. Uh, drank a little too much before the podcast last week, and I think it shows uh, some of the feedback I got last night. It was like, bro, could definitely tell you were drinking too much. So, good. I don't give a shit. Fuck it, bro. Uh, my mistake, I guess. Uh, I usually drink a beer and, uh, you know, kind of do some research and look at some of the questions and um, get, like, some of the audio engineering put together before I start recording this thing. Um, and I just went a little too crazy with the whiskey. I haven't drank whiskey in a while. Scotch. And what I've been doing is uh, a bunch of ice, like six cubes of ice, and I pour scotch in there and then I add some water and it's like really watered down uh, whiskey it's pretty good um, but last week I just went a little too crazy so uh, I haven't I've listened to it bits and pieces of last week's podcast but uh, I'm kind of terrified to listen to it so uh, what else feedback have I gotten thank you for all the feedback uh, try to make this thing better I see the numbers going up so um, I don't even know why I do this anyway. So it's kind of fun. I look forward to doing this. I get really excited about Tuesday nights. Uh, I clear my schedule. I don't do anything. I don't go out with anybody. If they want to hang out, I just say, nope, doing the podcast tonight. And uh, it's super funny. So that's what I do Tuesday nights. And I hopefully post it by Wednesday or Thursday, depending. Uh, yeah, so... I toned it down. I didn't pour that much tonight, but still drinking tonight, uh, which is good. Um, try and do that uh, if you're into scotch or whiskey or whatever. I remember one time I did it with vitamin water and it tasted really good. Uh, whiskey with the ice and vitamin water. Okay, so not going too crazy tonight. What's up with me? Uh, procrastinating on packing. I pulled out my suitcase and I was supposed to pack a little bit but uh, I just I'm good at packing I've been packing for fucking uh, Jesus 12 years 13 years more than that packing and I I, I, I don't think I slept in the same bed for a year straight because I've moved so much I've moved so much with the military and I've also moved a lot just on this island so um I don't think 12 months straight in the same bed has happened in 15 years. I don't think that's happened. Um, always move in. I go six months here. I go eight months here. I've done, you know, 12 months in Japan. And I get sick of a place on Oahu and I move to another city. And I, you know, moved in like with a, uh, a bunch of friends. We got a house together out in Honolulu. Um, and then I didn't like And then we moved back and I bought another place and... Uh, if you know me, you know the story. Uh, I leave for Phoenix, Arizona tomorrow night. I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, when you travel a lot, you you kind of get over traveling. And it doesn't really hit you until you're actually on the plane. So I know I have the knowledge that I leave tomorrow night. But it doesn't. I don't feel like I'm leaving, if that makes any sense. I can pack it in about 20 minutes now, so... 
I've gotten pretty good at packing. I know exactly what goes where and how to pack my bag. And, uh, you know, uh, I've gotten really good at uh, processing through and, you know, X, Y, Z. And pretty much every single military member knows how to travel, knows how to pack. They have a system down. Um, they probably don't freak out when things go wrong. They just have seen so many variables occur that they're just very used to it. And I'm just on that uh, uh, kind of wavelength. Uh, so up in Phoenix, Arizona, I'll be checking out some of the real estate. Because um, there's no real estate like Hawaii, man. Like, you're going to spend over a quarter of a million dollars for a 600 square feet condo. Like, that, that's, that's true here on the island. Um, even half a million dollars will get you, you know, 800 square feet in, in a certain city. So I'm always fascinated that you can pay, you know, $200,000 and get a really nice house, um, big yard, um, and, and you can get a, you can get animals and uh, Hawaii, you get a condo and they'll say no dogs allowed or, you know, dogs under 30 pounds or something or, um, real estate in on Oahu can be very challenging financially and uh, just rules-wise as well. Uh, they got tons of rules. Your association can essentially run your life. So um, it, it's fascinating to see how someone can spend $200,000 and have no neighbors and have, let, let's say, Oregon, like country Oregon. Albany, Oregon, for example, uh, big fucking house, huge yard. Uh, so my grandpa did. He moved out to Roseburg. I think he paid two twenty for his house, and it, it was his house was so big, he needed a car to get to his mailbox. So that is just fucking crazy to me. Uh, I'll go look at some of the real estate out in Arizona. If you know anything about real estate in Arizona, hit me up. Because I'd like to learn, I'm probably just going to walk into a local real estate brokerage and say, Hi, let's talk. That's probably what I'm going to do. I'm also going to check out some of the local jiu-jitsu scene, uh, both no gi and gi. Um, I'm always interested to see how different uh, lineages throughout time have developed certain techniques um, relative to the state. So uh, a good example is when I was in New Hampshire... They had a very top-heavy game, very Hensel Gracie-style pressure uh, and strangle. So I was out uh, at Kevin Landry School in New Hampshire. And I got absolutely beat up for, I don't know, 30, 35 minutes. Uh, very good guys. Very the Hensel Gracie is just, you know, a drive-over. So uh, directly connected to the man out there in New England. Um, what else? I like real estate. If I can get, uh, I'm really looking at like a, f a commercial unit now. I think I can uh, step my game up and maybe get a five unit or more. Or, uh, you know, I'll just purchase a bunch of single family houses. I'm not sure. Uh, major decision to make here shortly. Um, I got into real estate because my first tour in Iraq it was Kirkuk, Iraq, 2007. It's in northwestern Iraq. I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, if you want to get into real estate, that's 
pretty much the Bible. Um, it's not it's not really how to invest real estate. It's more changing your mindset on how money works. So um, it's it's a very interesting book. I've read it a long time ago. I've read it another time since then. And me and a buddy, uh, uh, we would read it and talk about the Rich Dad collection. So it's kind of how I started my uh, real estate education career. In Arizona, I'll check out the Grand Canyon. Um, I think that's a must, right? Everybody uh, checks out the Grand Canyon when they go there. I also check out Bisbee. Bisbee, Arizona is a town probably most notably for Doug Stanhope. He talks highly of the town, so it's about three hours away, southeast of Phoenix. I'll go check that out. Somebody hit me on social media to check out a town called Tombstone. Uh, it's about 20-some minutes away from Bisbee. It's on the way to Bisbee from Phoenix, so I'll probably check that out as well. It's interesting. Um, the continental U.S. is interesting because you can just drive around. Like I'm really fascinated by that. Uh, when I was in New Hampshire, I drove down to Boston. I went up to Maine. Uh, I like the fact that you can just drive to another state. Uh, it's, it's really really cool. I know San Diego isn't a far drive from Phoenix. Mexico isn't that far. New Mexico is east. So those are super cool. I might check that out. If I can't get to it now, I have to go back to Arizona next year March something like that February March time frame I think I gotta go back for part two of this uh, residency so if you know anything cool in Arizona please send them my way on agaishimasu that's uh, please in Japanese so yes sir um, questions I've been noticing tons of questions and I filter them out because after a while they get really irritating uh, about relationships and marriage and um, are people struggling with relationships and marriage is that why the it seems so high like it, just I don't know 30% of all questions seems to be relationships and marriage and I want to talk to the girl or why can't I find a good man or where are all the girl good girls are at and um, it's very relationship based and uh, I'm not exactly sure why is um, I know mar I know the marriage rate is down both in the military and civilian world so um, I don't know whether relationship numbers are I don't even know if I could pull that from somewhere um, but I know in the military alone marriage has gone down in the past five years from 56% down to 51% and it'll probably keep dropping so we'll see what happens and I think a lot of it has to do with um, people calling bullshit people saying if if two people love each other why in the fuck is the government involved why why do we have to sign this magic paper that gives us better tax benefits um, so the answer to that is not very clear if two people love each other eh, why don't they just stay together um, I think there's some kind of cultural impact and societal pressure 
when are you gonna wife her up when are you gonna bend the knee uh oh my god when is he gonna ask to marry this might be the night or something so it's very um hollywood driven it's very uh family driven it's very asian culture um but it's a beautiful thing when they pull it off you know two people get married at 18 19 20 and they make it to 70 60 whatever you can't argue that that's not a beautiful thing to see them last that long and uh push through all the trials and tribulations that have occurred over that time so because of the high rate of relationships and um I wanted to find a song that encompassed the way I interpret relationships to be and when I was driving home today I had my you know iPod on shuffle and uh, the song best of me came out it's, um, it's I'm dating myself here but it's uh, by Maya and Jadakiss and it's a very interesting song uh, she's talking about you know she has a dude and uh, there's another guy and she's interested and she's not really sure what she should do because she her emotions are saying to do a certain thing but her brain is trying to rationalize and make the right decision but she's still on the other side of it interested in the dude and Jadakiss comes out with his verse and saying like you should leave that guy like I've got shit made like you should come uh, come to me like f what is the line forget about the condo and come to the crib because the castle over the mountain come with the bridge I mean literally we can go shopping in Italy hand on her thigh she don't want to get rid of me so um, it's it's a it's a very um, rom-com type of situation in this song where she she loves her man but she's also interested in this other dude and there's a bunch of drama and she doesn't know what to do and Jada Kiss comes out with the verse and he doesn't make things any better so check out the song I'll see you on the other side Mwah. <laughs>
the bank And I'ma do this just like Tony did it to Frank But I'ma make sure both y'all win Let them keep the place You move and I'ma pay both y'all rent So forget about the condo and come to the crib Cause the castle over the mountain come with the bridge You know literally we could go shopping in Italy Hand on a thigh she ain't wanna get rid of me And she don't drink or know how L look Chanel look mixed with the Pete Arnell look You just stay pretty while I'm running the city When I whip the V you can hold a joint if you with me Vacation costs 150 we living it up I put it on your ass if you giving it up And you know I'm not a hater And if you feel bad then you call them up later And tell them you all jaders like that song. Uh, I don't know when that song came out. 96? 98? I'm just guessing. I could google it but it's gonna make a bunch of noise. Um, people tell me you gotta stop hitting the mic and I'm not <laughs> hitting the mic. Uh, it's every time I hit the table because the mic is like mounted to the table. Uh, so I've been looking at how the, some of the pros do it, and what they do is they mount it to the ground, and there's like this robot arm that comes up and through, and it's in the air, so they can move it through the air, and it, it's screwed in, it's like three arms in one. So, when I get my next place, um, the second bedroom is just gonna be a podcast slash office room. And every time I hit, like, I do that, you can hear that. See, it's showing me notifications of how loud it is. Uh, that's what's happening. So, fear not, friends or strangers and or strangers, uh, that will be remedied. All right, we jump into this podcast. Uh, let me just uh, wrap my head around this first question. The first two questions come from Anonymous, which is... Uh, which is cool, I guess, you know. Some of these questions can be personal. So. And. Yeah. Uh, Alright. Question number one. Why do marriages get boring? See? First one. Um, are marriages getting out of date? I felt like I answered this question before. Marriages get boring because things get boring. You do a thing like a video game. 
right? You play a video game, you play, 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 play it, you get bored of it, right? You want the next video game. That's to me no different, right? You, you, the monotony of marriage uh, can get boring over time. So you gotta spice it up, uncle. You gotta, you gotta maybe go on a trip, maybe, um, uh, fi you know, change up your schedule a certain way. Uh, go to a restaurant you guys don't normally go to. Uh, go zip lining. Go scuba diving. Do something that is out of the norm. If shit gets very boring, um, our marriage is getting out of date. I don't know. Um, it's still over half of people, especially in the military, getting married. Um, so getting out of date, uh, I would say no. Um, but maybe, but I think I'm going to have to say no until we see some data of it being less than 50%. Um, but the divorces are, you know, getting much more ubiquitous. <laughs> Big word, ubiquitous is, uh, like all over the place, divorces are happening. It's becoming commonplace, uh, across states. So, in, in... Honesty, too, plays a large variable in marriages. And, and I'll give you the, the Dr. Chris Ryan um, narrative on this. So, you, me, everybody, all of us humans, right? Advanced primates, let's, let's call this. We are omnivores. You somebody might be a vegetarian you might be a pescatarian you might be a vegan um, you might be a carnivore you might only eat meat um, that's you individually but us as humans we are omnivores and it is not up for debate we humans are omnivores we are supposed to eat meat and we are supposed to eat vegetables plants there's I don't see an argument that can debate that. So let's just call that a fact for now. So just because you choose to be vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian, carnivore, whatever, doesn't mean you're not an omnivore. Does that make sense? So relating this back to your question, just because you are married and you are monogamous doesn't mean you're not polyamorous so we as humans are supposed to be polyamorous we are meant to spread our seed let's say and and then this is not going to be popular and this could <laughs> you know probably uh Hey, what the fuck are you talking about in your podcast, bro? Like, you didn't make any sense. Like, fuck the... I fucking love my wife. And, I, oh my god, I love my husband. And I would never... I'm not saying that you are or you will. I'm just saying that the natural inclination for humans is to spread their seed. And I'll give you an example. Um, in hunter-gatherer cultures... Uh, the females believe that, and, and you got to remember, like, there wasn't always a paternity test. Like, prior to agriculture, nobody really knew who the father was. So, uh, one good example of this was that when the females wanted uh, 
a kid who was strong and smart and funny and and uh, a good hunter and fast and all this stuff she would have sex with the smart and funny and a good hunter and fast and all these people and they would think that the accumulation of sperm would then create a son and out pop or a kid and out popped a child that the village would raise right the the famous saying of it takes a tribe to raise a kid or it takes a village to raise a kid that reigns true with hunter-gatherers right that's our kid um, so agriculture kind of made things become personal property right that's my wife that's my kid that's and then the advent of um, paternity tests allow like that's for sure my kid or maybe something happened and now we're on Jerry Springer and the the paternity test shows that she was cheating right so it's very interesting situation and marriages can get boring because I know it's a long rant on your question but it's a fucking heavy question <laughs> you're hitting me with number one Mr. Anonymous um, marriages can get boring because you just get used to it, right? And anything you get used to, you kind of want novelty, right? Novelty is always thrilling. Um, the new Marvel movie is out, right? You want to go see that shit because everybody's talking about it. Um, something new is always going to be more interesting than something that's routine and mundane. So, spice it up, figure your shit out, acknowledge that, um, you are not monogamous, but you're choosing to be... Uh, to practice monogamy and that staying true to each other and loyal to each other is hard it is hard and if you and if you're honest if you're both honest about that and face that obstacle together your likelihood of success increases exponentially so uh yeah hopefully that answers that question spice it up um be true to yourselves uh, acknowledge that you're going to want to have sex with other girls. You don't have to act on it. You might look at her and she might get mad. Or she might look at a guy. Or she might text a guy and flirt but not do anything. But she just needs some kind of spice on the side or whatever. Uh, that might happen. And if and if you are, are in denial about um, the trivial items. Like Dr. Phil said something fucking absolutely ridiculous one time. He said masturbating is cheating, right? Because um, the guy on his show was masturbating to a girl that wasn't his wife. Uh, and, and I guess that was cheating to some degree. Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, Dr. Phil, you're an idiot for that one. So, moving on. Second question from Anonymous. Again, probably none of the same guy. What can you get from traveling? Uh, you can get a sexually transmitted infection. <laughs> that can happen. Um, you could get, uh, I don't know, a bunch of knowledge. You could get uh, experiences. You could get pictures. You can get um, the awareness of things. The, the way you think the world is, is probably wrong, right? So what I tell people about traveling is that, like, think about reading a book, right? When you're reading a book, you're on a specific word, right? And you pull away 
and you see the sentence that you're reading, right? So your one word is in a sentence, right? And you pull away some more, and you see that that sentence is in a paragraph. And you pull away some more, and you're gonna see that paragraph is amongst many paragraphs. You pull away some more, you're gonna see that that's a page. And you pull away some more, and then you're gonna see that it's a page amongst pages, right? And that's in a chapter, and that chapter is in the book. And you pull away some more, and you can see that you're reading a book, right? So you have to pull away to see what's happening and I think when it comes to culture you have to pull away and look at other cultures to really understand your culture so when you travel especially to other countries you can come back to America and and realize that sometimes the norms is just a cultural thing it's not a human thing so you can kind of like call bullshit on certain things that you wouldn't be able to call bullshit on if you haven't traveled. Um, and this is indicative, like when we go to the Middle East and we see like uh, the religious orthodoxy that occurs there and forces women to, you know, wear things that I would argue they don't want to wear. Um, it's, it's a tough decision because uh, the culture and religion and societal norms play a large portion of what your country will uh, turn out to be like. Um, so yeah, you can get a lot from traveling. Uh, and that's probably one of the biggest things I've gotten from traveling all over the world is that I can come back to America and say, wait a minute, some of this shit is fucked up over here. So... If you can't get out of the country, you should get out of your city. So I'm from a very small town uh, over on the north shore of Oahu. It's called Waialua. A very small town. And my graduating class was like 77 people. And people would always say, if you don't get out of Wailua, you're going to be stuck. Because Wailua is a vortex. It holds you in. So uh, I was a teenager and I got out. I got a job outside of the town. I uh, got promoted outside of the town, you know. Uh, I moved to a city when I got married uh, outside of the town. I really got out. I might move back one day because it's a very country town. Um, and uh, it's a good retirement town, you know. You, you need a lot of money <laughs> to retire out there, of course. All right. From Hiranez, how and when do you plan your trip? destination budget accommodation etc all right so you don't post your financial status in here your financial status plays a long way into this i like to fly first class i like to stay um in hotels where you know there's a pool there's a jacuzzi um i i kind of spend frivolously when i travel um i'm known to buy the whole bar shots um so yeah it depends on your financial status, of course. So let's just say you're traveling on a budget. I would maybe get a hostel. Uh, if you're traveling by yourself, at a hostel you'll meet other people. So maybe you guys want to scuba dive together or you know go skiing together. Um, you will have people that want to do things as well. Because if they're traveling alone and you're traveling alone, um, you could essentially have a battle buddy, let's say. Um... So me personally, how and when do I plan my trips? Uh, I plan my trips 
mostly around my work life. My work life, my work and school life encompasses the majority of my life, and if I can uh, somehow get around that and like take for example, I leave to Arizona tomorrow night. Even though it's like a work school trip, uh, I'm gonna see a bunch of stuff. I'm gonna enjoy myself. I'm gonna go sightseeing. I'm gonna go take pictures. I'm gonna really try my best to experience Arizona. Um, but my financial status might be very different than your financial status, so uh, I like to go ham, hard as a motherfucker, as the young bucks say nowadays. So I got some questions from Linda Joy just because uh, I got a recommendation that people like her questions. So here's I got two from Linda here. Linda Joy, hi. Have you ever lost a family member or friend to suicide? Um, okay, I'm not gonna say his name, but 2013 I was deployed with, uh, let's call him John. It's not his real name, but we were deployed together, 2013. And um, a bunch of my friends know this story and they know who he is. So. John um, was 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 it was very evident that he was plagued by demons and some of his demons were insecurities were a lack of confidence um, he wasn't sure of himself um, he, you know you everybody knows somebody that's you know plagued with demons of some sort that causes them to not be who they want to be um, they're a shell of themselves let's say so um, we went back home and a few years later or many years later um, I get a message that uh, he was found in a car and had blown his head off so that's one. Another friend of mine, comedian, um, hung himself in his house. So, um, suicide is near and dear to me. Uh, 22 vets kill themselves a day. Um, I wish there was a better answer for suicide. Um, I feel as though the suicides that happens for vets is heavily underfunded. It's uh, not talked about enough. Um, I I feel as though it's more words than actions when it comes to suicides, especially veterans who, on average, have way more demons than non-vets have. The transition is something a lot of people cannot fathom. Um, so yeah, suicide is something I would like to, you know, if I have the resources and um, forum, I would like to somehow make an impact on suicide um, numbers because I, I think that's something that can be fixed. Um, just the how is very complicated. It's, it's probably one of the more complicated things 
um, the Department of the Veterans Affairs tries to uh, solve. But it doesn't help when it seems like the, the, at the highest level, the Department of Veterans Affairs are absolutely a clusterfuck. Uh, we've gone through like four different secretaries of the VAs in the past, what, five years? Um, so people are quitting, people don't know what the fuck is happening. At the highest levels, like, get your shit together, man. Uh, so yeah. Good question, Linda. Here's a second question from Linda Joy. Will you tell me a story about your childhood? <laughs> tell you a story about my childhood. Man, I was really obsessed with astronomy as a kid. I was, uh, I used to, and I had a bedroom. I had a really small bedroom in my parents' house, and there was a door. Uh, there was a door that would lead outside from my bedroom. Uh, so I would go outside on the stairs and I would look at the moon for like a long time, probably like 45 minutes or an hour. I would just stare at the stars and the moon. Late at night, like if I couldn't sleep, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, you know, if I had school tomorrow uh, or the next day, uh, it doesn't matter. I would sit outside and I would stare at the moon and the stars. And I was very interested in, at, like, if there was life on other planets, I was very interested in what we as humans were doing on this planet, what this planet means. Um, and I, I was thinking very philosophically at a young age. Uh, I wanted to know if there was a purpose. I wanted to know uh, what that purpose was. I wanted to know what else things were happening in the world. Um, I wanted to know what other countries were like. I wanted to know. Um, I want. I wanted to consume as much information as possible, um, and I felt like the moon, for some reason or another, w would give me answers because I knew that other people on the planet who didn't speak my language, who, uh, who had different cultures than I did, who. Uh, had different paradigms, had different mindsets, were also staring at the moon as well. So I was very interested in astronomy and uh, that led me to wanting to travel and so on and so forth. So uh, that's one story about my childhood. Okay, from Calvin Wilkes. When should I move to Japan? Whatever you want, homie. Uh, I don't know many Calvins. I think I met two or three Calvins in my life. One in high school, one when I was in Japan. Uh, but it, we all called him Lincoln. Um, he was from San, uh, San Juan or something. He was a Hispanic guy. Salvador, El Salvador. I forget. So I've been to Japan three times. I've been to Tokyo and Okinawa twice. Um... Japan is cool. I think they're oppressed, but it's cool. It's pretty cool. It's safe. You can walk around like I've been drunk, roaming the streets, lost at 2 a.m. So uh, Japan is pretty safe. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Japan is cool. So if you want to party, you want to go to Roppongi. Roppongi is like the party town. Um, Okinawa is an island. It's similar to Hawaii, a little more humid than Hawaii. 
um, but it's nice as well. It's a small little island. Uh, Naha is the party city. Um, so, yeah, we would go to Naha a lot, N-A-H-A. Uh, but Rapongi is like really, really awesome. Just clubs everywhere and just people everywhere and uh, everyone's friendly. So, when should you move to Japan, Calvin? Anytime you want, brother. From Anonymous. Would you ever kick a midget? If I felt threatened, yeah. Kick the shit out of a midget. If they came at me with a knife or um, the motherfucker knew some jujitsu or something, I would kick the shit out of a midget if I had to, but I probably would just run away. I feel like I could run faster uh, than a little person. Anonymous. <laughs> That's why he said anonymous because uh, he's using the word midget. Alright, from Roaring, I'm gonna finish my drink. Cheers if you're drinking too. Uh, somebody told me I was making a steak when I was listening to your podcast. So, cheers. If you're making a steak or you're driving or whatever, man, enjoy your life and, you know, have a steak and have a beer and have a fucking whiskey with ice or whatever. There's that noise again when I put something on the desk. All of this will get fixed in time. Roaring Midget, I'm on a limited budget. What are some cheap vacation ideas? Southeast Asia, that's an easy one. Getting there is expensive, but once you get there, it's cheap. Um, you want to go to Thailand? Thailand is cheap. When I was there, I think it was $1 to get to 80-something baht? 80, 82 baht? Uh, Philippines, I think it was $1 to about 33 of their PHP Philippine pesos. So you get to Vietnam, Hanoi, uh, Ho Chi Minh City, that's probably cheap as well. So getting to Southeast Asia, probably your bang for the buck goes up exponentially. Uh, but getting there can be expensive because you gotta fly. You don't say where you're from. So obviously if you're in Australia, it's gonna be cheaper than if you're in Wyoming uh, but get to Southeast Asia um, party travel check out the sea the the scenes uh, when we we're in Philippines we went swimming with whale sharks I gotta post pictures on my social media I gotta do some throwbacks because I deleted the shit and then I got audited <laughs> social media audited which is probably good to get audited every now and then right you you gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. From the Tim Jim, I often see advice to travel more. Man, a lot of traveling in this one. I sold the narrative to be about relationships, but travel, fine. I often see advice to travel more to broaden my horizons or something. I've always been confused about it. Do I just quit my job? Buy a plane ticket to Thailand and fly there with reckless abandon. Maybe. Do I need to save a bajillion of money for that to not financially ruin me? No. Let's just talk about that. And even if that, what now? Okay, I step out of the airport. Now, how exactly do I broaden my horizons? Certainly, they don't imply that walking around Thailand would do me any good. Yeah, it will. I can find pictures of Thai streets on the internet, it's not the same. 
Do I need to find a job there to immerse in the culture? No. Do I need to find some Thai friends to gather insights from? Maybe. How do I do it if I don't even know the language? Um, you'll be surprised that basic caveman English can get you pretty far in foreign countries. I just have no idea how it all works. I would love to broaden my horizons, but I have no idea how to even approach it. I guess my horizons are really super narrow. People who travel, how? Where do you get the time, the money, the opportunities, and what exactly do you do in other countries? What's your story? Holy fucking long, that's a bunch of questions, man. Alright, so let's take a look at your story here. Certainly, they don't imply that walking around Thailand would do me any good. This guy's obsessed with Thailand. Alright, so yes, walking around Thailand will help. Um, let's say it's lunchtime and you're hungry and you want to go walk around Thailand, right? Um, the Tim Jim. I'm gonna guess you're American here. You're gonna stand out like a sore thumb and somebody's gonna approach you. They're gonna say, hey, let's go get a beer or let's go get something to eat. And you can say yes or no. They might be someone super cool uh, or it might be a girl who wants to be like a tour guide. So you give her uh, X amount of money. It's not gonna be a lot, right? You don't need a jillion dollars. Right, and maybe you take her to McDonald's or something. And McDonald's is really good in other countries. Like you may not believe that, but I some of the best McDonald's I've ever had was in Japan, Thailand, Nepal, um, things like that. So yeah, um, Kuwait McDonald's is pretty good as well. I don't know, it's just, for some reason, we always end up going to, do we have to try this McDonald's in this fucking country? And it's like, alright, everybody wants to do it, we might as well, you know, go check it out, so. Yeah, man, go walk around Thailand, go fucking figure it out. Uh, you're gonna be fine, Thailand is safe. Um, I've been drunk there at 2am, walking around, I, I, I couldn't find my way back to my hotel in Bangkok one night, and, um... I remember being like really hammered and trying to map my way back to the uh, back to my hotel and I was started to panic because I knew I had a flight the next morning but I eventually figured it out I went down some strange alleys and uh, yeah I made my flight the next day so Thailand is safe walk around meet people you're gonna meet other tourists there uh, I was there by myself in Thailand and I ended up meeting this guy from Australia and we just kind of connected and we talked about you know the Royal Australian Air Force and I've been to Australia and when I talked about like the way I felt uh, Australia was and how I saw like the Aborigines and their art was pretty cool and we talked about how the majority of their population is just in three cities uh, I've been to Adelaide, Sydney, and Melbourne. So, um, you're going to talk to people. You're going to learn from them, and they're going to learn from you. And, um, yeah, you're going to meet people along the way. So, get used to it, Tim Jim. Uh, I say go for it. Uh, you'll be surprised. From the Kula and Blue... 
What exactly do people do when they visit other countries? I get the urge to travel the world, but it's always followed by the thought of, and do what? I can see taking a day or two to see some landmarks, but what do you do with the rest of your time? Just walk around and buy things. Man, you're cynical about traveling. Hey, get your shit together, man or girl. Kula and blue, probably boy and girl. Yeah, fucking figure it out. Like, there's people get paid. It's their job to ensure you have a good time. Like, there's a job for that. Uh, you can go to um, just like some of the main cities and grab some of the free magazines where businesses promote like jet skiing or parasailing or um, sightseeing or like a like a like a festival of some sort or a local carnival or a local food market or nightlife or whatever the case may be. Get out there, walk around. Just use your five senses, uh, see, touch, smell, hear, feel, <laughs> uh, and fucking grab a magazine if it's free and read through the magazine and then probably have a coupon of 20% off if you do some of this fucking crazy shit or, you know, for one night only this fucking festival is going or like come check out this museum and you get $10 off, you just cut out the thing in the in the magazine, um, so on and so forth. So, if you just get out and walk around and talk to people and observe and, and look at some of the, the, the... People spend millions of dollars, companies spend millions of dollars for your eyes. They want your eyes, they want your attention, they want your senses. Um, and they're going to put... Uh, brochures out there and they're gonna put like come like a shooting club for example like hey come and you know five dollars off you get to shoot this gun for 20 minutes or whatever so people are spending money in in the hopes that you walk around and somehow end up in their business so if you just walk around shit will happen it's just you're trying to plan and it's not gonna work. You just have to get out there and let shit happen. That's the best way to put it. Um, in Hawaii, we get, I don't fucking know, like a lot of people come here every year. And I sometimes see that they just kind of stay in Waikiki. They just kind of stay near their hotel. Um, and it's a bummer. I think they should, you know, check out all the other cities. Um, so, get out of your goddamn comfort zone, bitch. Avatar Mew, next. How do those who work and pay rent and or have a mortgage and bills have money for themselves? What? I don't understand how you can have money for yourself when it goes to bills and rent a mortgage. Alright, Avatar Mew. First of all, you probably have very bad money management. And or you're lazy. Like I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, but the the formula for money is pretty clear to me. If you want more money, just work harder and or smarter. That's pretty much it. Uh, if you get paid hourly, work more hours. Um, 
if you can't work more hours figure out a, figure out a way to decrease the expenses so the formula for success usually is you either increase your revenue or you decrease expenses and if you can do both that's good if you can only do one great so if you are have if you're struggling with having money after you pay bills I want you to build a, an Excel spreadsheet and write down all of your monthly bills in that spreadsheet then add them all up and look at what you're spending on paper because I don't think a lot of people do that you need to you need to okay how much am I paying for lunch what am I paying for dinner okay like how much alcohol am I drinking um, what's gas cost like what's my insurance um, I'm using the AC a lot because it's the summer months are like what's that gonna cost me like you need all of these variables in the equation and you need to look at it on paper because if you're just flying by the seat of your pants with your money you're gonna lose a lot of money so wrap your head around um, like for me for example on my laptop I have something called DBA Manly J Souza uh, and it's called doing business as Manly J Souza and it's a spreadsheet and I track all of my spendings from it's got 12 tabs on the bottom January to December and no money goes out without it going on that spreadsheet to include my lunch right I allocate $10 like I'm not fucking cooking so but I allocate my lunch in the my expense spreadsheet and it also helps with my tax returns because I take my laptop and I bring home my receipts and I say hey these are the things I spend my money on. These are the fixes for the there some of the real estate I own, etc., etc., etc. So, if you don't wrap your head around what the fuck you're spending, you're gonna uh, lose yourself in the numbers, and you can where's my money going? Like, you need to be able to write it down, uh, be aware of it, and also see it on paper. Because uh, if, you, if you don't really like see what's happening, you won't be able to admit to yourself that you're fucking up, right? And if you're doing everything perfect, which I doubt, uh, you need to increase your revenue. Get a part-time job. Uh, if you get a car, like delivering pizzas is pretty good because tips. I've always been pro-delivering pizzas if you need money. So, Avatar Mew, uh, increase revenue or decrease expenses that's usually the two that'll help you out here question number 12 from nasty nap zero how can anyone working 40 plus hours a week oh this is a good segue not hate their life i just started working full time and i fucking hate this shit <laughs> I feel like my entire life is wasting away. Other than the lucky few who have something they're passionate about, how does anyone do this? Alright, I'm gonna drink to this guy's question. Good question, man. Ugh. How can anyone working 40 plus hours a week not hate their life? Uh, you gotta do something you like. Uh, that that's pretty much the only way about it uh, I kind of got lucky because I, I really enjoy um, the people I work with I enjoy 
um, the real estate world that I exist in. I enjoy the communication of being a landlord through my property manager in another state. Um, even when it's bad news, I enjoy it. Um, here's a good example. Uh, so I got cracked with a bill. I guess there's a tree on the lot in Indiana. Now, mind you, I bought this house sight unseen, which is pretty ballsy move. Uh, I didn't even look at it. I saw some pictures. I read a property inspection report. The math made sense. I said, fuck it, buy that motherfucker, right? So <laughs> I talked to a bank and put the money down and I bought that uh, property. And I'll do it again. I'm going to buy more sight unseen, uh, which is no problem for me. The math, if the math works out, fuck it. It's all I really care about is the math. Um, and there's a tree on this lot and the tree's getting close to the house and we're worried that it might ruin the roof or something might fall. So we gotta chop this motherfucker down and that shit is expensive. So they sent me an estimate. I said, send me back some pictures. I want to see it or a video and we're probably gonna cut that motherfucking thing down. So I work way more than 40 hours a week and I kind of dig my life. I wish I had more time in a day, but... I nasty nap I would say work more than 40 hours a week because like if you're working 40 hours a week that's not enough in my opinion you're not gonna get ahead in with 40 hours a week you, you gotta outwork everyone in that room you gotta you gotta be the most valuable person uh, or at least one of the most valuable people and you and and the other people that decide to be valuable as well you have to work with them to make the organization much stronger because it's going to be you and the people that also decide to work more than 40 hours a week that's going to transcend that organization. You don't have to be the boss. You don't have to uh, be in charge. But if you become very, very valuable in the organization that you work in and you outwork everyone else, you are going to gain new friends who are also hungry for success. Um, and you guys are going to be friends. You become Napoleon Hill, right? The, you are the average of your five closest friends. So um, the law of attraction will bring you towards other people who have common interests as you. So find something like work more than 40 hours get your shit together find a side hustle um treat people nicely you know the whole nine um so yeah if you don't like it fucking leave i remember i worked for this security job long time ago and then paid well and and it was interesting because i was in a suit and I looked, I felt like I looked good, and I worked with like these beautiful women who sold jewelry. And I was stoked. And we had to escort them back to the cars at night. We escorted the girls back to their cars, and in my stupid head, I was like, Yeah, I'm escorting this girl back to her car. Like, I might get lucky here, right? But I was just delusional. Uh, so after day one of that job, I turned in the suit and I said, I can't fucking do this job, right? I was scheduled to work the next day. Uh, I drove everything down there and I said, I can't do it. Um, 
and I, I forgot what I did after that. I think I went um, back to being a mechanic or something. Uh, so yeah. Find something you like, bitch. Uh, if not, quit. Find something else. Um, and outwork everybody at your organization. From Angelic Madness. What are some ways a 14-year-old can be making money? So my first kind of real job, because I was working when I was really young under the table. Um, you know, I, yeah, I guess the law of statutes have passed, but I was, I was really underage and I was uh, picking papaya um, for like $80 a day on a weekend or something. So, but my first real job was, uh, I was a junior leader at a summer fun camp and I saw the job posting in, in a newspaper or something and I had to catch the bus out to get interviewed and I got the job. So that was like my first kind of like real full-time legal job. Um, so, if you, and now it's probably easier because you have Craigslist, you have the internet. Uh, back in my day, we were reading newspapers. <laughs> back in my days, we read newspapers. And, so yeah. Fuck, that's a long ass time ago with no internet. That's crazy to think. I grew up in a time with no internet and you couldn't just Google shit. And when I left the house, I was just gone. You know? Uh, it's, to me, that's crazy. Um, now, like, people track their kids and, uh, well, the world's just different nowadays. The whole world is different, so. I think you can find a job. Uh, you might get paid cash. You might want to ask your uncles and some of your families and your aunties or whoever, your family, cousins, uh, is there something you can do? Like, I know there's construction sometimes. Uh, you could be like a laborer somewhere. You're gonna bust your ass as a young kid, as I did with at the papaya farm. So, yeah, uh, there are ways to be making money. You just gotta find it online and or network your way into a job. Uh, the papaya farm I worked at was through my stepdad's uh, cousin. So. That's how I got there. I had to get up at 4 a.m. And I had my mountain bike. I had to mountain bike up this mountain. And I have flashlight because it's fucking pitch black. So I was holding the flashlight out so I could see. And I rode up uh, this mountain to get to the papaya farm. I had to be there by like 4.30 a.m. or something ridiculous. And we just picked papayas all day and... and the owner sold it to some of the local supermarkets in the area. Haleiwa, that's the areas where he sold it to. Alright. Uh, an hour and seven minutes in. Um, looks like the next three questions, one, two, three, four, five, six questions, are all military questions, so I'll save these for next week. Um, yeah, so I don't know what I'm gonna do. I might take the microphone with me and see if I can record one from up there. 
uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know what my uh, time will be like. I think I'll be in classes all day and have the night free to myself. I got a bunch of friends in Arizona. I'll probably hit them up. Once again, if you know anything, I should check out in Arizona. Uh, I'll go check it out. Recommend. Hit me up on social media. So, yeah. Alright. I'll close this one out at an hour and eight minutes. Uh, it's pretty much the norm. I've been putting these out weekly. Um, I'm going to try my best to put them out weekly. I would like to get to a lot of uh, episodes. See how far I can take this thing before it gets boring. Like the guy who asked a question on uh, about the marriages. But so far, it's pretty fun. I look forward to it. Uh, I got my exercise in. I, all, you really, all I really need is a kettlebell and a yoga mat for my uh, just exercises at home. And then, uh, you know, I jumped on the internet and I did some research and here I am. So, yeah. I'll be in Arizona tomorrow night. I'll, you know, post some pictures of the flight and kind of have a routine when I go to the airport. Uh, see you on the side. As always, uh, be nice to each other. And here's Ed Dupas' Promised Land. Adios. Get it.